Hi, and welcome to another edition of Talking Heads. You're here with me, Tim Ziegler, Director of Early Childhood and Lower School, Amy Gennadin, Director of Intermediate and Middle School, Suzanne McCandless, Head of School, and Maggie Newhouse, Director of Student Affairs. Today, we're going to talk about the journey of DEI at Oak Hill and chat with special guest Elena Halsey from Single Story Inc. Stay tuned. So let me tell you, you know, the most exciting thing that I've done lately is go to the Chiefs Parade. All right. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, I mean, you awesome. were even on the amazing. news. I, I, you know, I was a little worried. Uh, someone had uh-huh. had uh, texted me, said, oh, my goodness, you're on the news. And I said, oh, no, what was I doing? Not that I ever do anything bad, sure, but I still <laughs> didn't want, you know, to be on the news and not know what I was doing. But it was great. I mean, we met lots of good friends on that front row. I got to high five Pacheco. I mean, that was pretty Were cool. Were you at Union Station? No, 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 no. Around, uh, what, 16th and Grand. Okay. You know, it was a good spot. Nice. Yeah. I like how you were patting people on the back. <laughs> they were probably like, who? You know what? Until you're in the moment. Okay. Yeah. Um, you don't know how you're going to In the react. moment, you don't know what you're going to do. You might scream. You might yell. You might cry. I mean, yeah. you don't know what you're going to do. But uh, so you might pat somebody on the okay. back okay. as well. And they did okay. do a good job this year. They're the world champions. Yeah, they are. And yeah. they were like two inches from our face, oh. so they were like right there, and it was it was. We heard you Did were they super excited like... to see someone, Maggie. Oh, yeah. Chris was... Jones is my favorite. She was yeah. screaming he's, like it was at a so concert. Tall. Oh my god, he is so tall. But he didn't come over. To, he didn't come over to us. He kind of was just walking down the middle. So. Did they look like in person, like they do on TV, or was it? You know what was funny is a lot of them would have their number. Some, I mean, some of them are very recognizable, obviously, mm-hmm. but others, like I didn't immediately know who they were, like. When Winchester came through, and uh, he had forty-one on his beanie. So, like, I knew I wouldn't have I known it was Winchester. Yeah, well, he's the <laughs> sorry, long snapper. Sorry, Winch- I know who he is. Yeah, but sorry, yeah. Winchester. But Pacheco, I mean, he, clearly he was recognizable. Yeah, I'd say the offensive line was huge. Yeah. You could tell who they were. But yeah, some people were like, "Do you think they're on the Chiefs team, or are they a trainer? We didn't know. <laughs> are they a coach, or were they Just a family stuff up? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was pretty amazing. We got to touch the uh, Lombardi Trophy. Oh. I mean, that was pretty cool. The actual one. There was someone like carrying the suitcase around from security, and they were just following that trophy like everywhere it went. So it yeah, I'd be awesome. too scared to touch it at that point. Man, that'd take yeah. me down. Probably a lot of germs on it, but that's okay. <laughs> Speaking it of germs. It. I'm surprised you touched it then. Speaking of germs, you know, how did you guys like the advanced uh, first aid and CPR class that our Code Blue team did? Did you do a good, did you get your certificate? I did. I did. I really did feel as I might be an MD at this point, um, the number of hours that it took for to complete that course. But then yeah. the hands-on, I mean, just solidified that, I pretty much could save anyone right now. Hmm. Oh, well, that's good to know. Well, yeah. well, you know, what about if you get a bee sting? Can you save yourself? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And that she said save anyone. Yeah, she not yeah. Say yeah, she was not myself. That, well, well, for so those, those audience yeah. members who are out there, let me tell the story, Mrs. G. So she's sitting there at a meeting. It's fall. It's you know there are honeybees out. It was not a honeybee. Well, it, it was, but um. And all of a sudden, we're in the middle of a meeting, and she you would have thought, like, I don't know, snake bit her. I mean, she just, like, is holding her neck. Um, 
not sure if we need to give an EpiPen. I mean, you know, clearly that was the next step. Now we know how to. Yes. Yeah, I do. But, yeah, I think it was a little overreaction, but that could happen to anybody. Well, I really, I mean, maybe I shouldn't be set up to work in those kinds of conditions where I could be stung at a meeting. Um, Hmm. But it was a lovely day outside. That's okay, but... it was a hornet of some, some sort. It, I'm just sure it was of it. a it hornet. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. No, I, I know what a hornet looks <laughs> like. And it stung me right on the neck, and it really hurt. I mm-hmm. hadn't been stung in so long, so I did. I went to the nurse, and I were you asked, impaled by a stinger? Yeah, I guess I was, and I <laughs> asked her to give it to me straight if I was going to make it or not, and I she did. sent you home for the week. But I couldn't stop laughing because it hurt so bad. <laughs> I remember you were laughing, and I was like, "Is this for real?" Or? <laughs> it you hurt know, so bad. But then two weeks later, I got stung again over on my campus. Okay, mm. all right. It's well, kind of like the Chiefs parade. She was just so overwhelmed. Yeah. She didn't know yeah. how to react. You don't know how yeah. you're going to react. Yeah. Well, now we <laughs> Laugh, know. Cry. Now you guys know. You know what was uh, crazy is watching the video online. All of the impalement videos were oh, yeah. mountain biking. Um, so and you're a big mountain biker. I am. And I was thinking, mm, wow, you know, that's a real chance, real possibility to get impaled mountain biking. So, oh, you're back. I was like, what are, what are you talking Okay, you're back. <laughs> I thought you meant like impaled by like a bee or something. That we I don't watched know. Yeah, back to, well, back in to our Coke training. Blue. Yeah, so the same as the bee CPR. sting videos, the okay. same kind of thing. Okay. It's the same train of thought. Okay. Uh, bee impalement. If you are impaled, okay. don't take it out. Do not Spoiler take it out. Yeah. That's what I learned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Leave just it alone. leave it there. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking yeah. of, um, actually, there's no transition there, but uh, <laughs> do you know spring break is almost here? Oh. Maybe. What? Hey, don't what? get impaled over spring break. I mean, yeah. yeah. Wow. Or I'll uh, leave it in if you do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I mean, are you guys excited? I mean, who doesn't look forward to spring break? You know, Man. that's going to be awesome. Spring break. Spring break, like, you know, you get through February. In February, you know, you can't go outside much. You know, it's kind of that time of year. It's, it's a tough time of year. But there are no bees out there at There's that no time. There's no bees. Yeah. That's true. That's Mrs. Yeah. Bee's time to shine time. right there. Yes. Yeah, but then you get to spring break, and mm. it's just like, oh, you can go outside. And do you know what's it. funny? It can oh, be 30 man. degrees on spring break, yeah. and you still feel like it's spring. You yeah, know? it's still, it's right. Like, it's spring break. But, win- you know, winter break, it's cold the whole time. It's yeah. still fun because you have the holidays and things like that. But spring break, you can actually go out get outside and do stuff. The you know? gateway to spring. Yeah. I mean, isn't that great? Uh, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's poetic. All right. Well, we're going to move on and talk about uh, the DEI work we're doing with Single Story. Um, Yeah. So I've been part of a seed group now. This is our second year of my little group, and um, we meet monthly to receive training by our fearless leader, Elaine Holsey. Um, But before we get to Elaine... Um, what, why did we pick single story, Suzanne? Yeah, you know, um, I did some research and I, the biggest thing I knew is that I couldn't lead this effort on my own, obviously. I mean, I'm not an expert in this field. I wanted to make sure that someone came in and really got to know our community, 
um, and can lead us through this journey. And we had some other independent schools um, in our association and beyond who had used Single Story Inc. and really had great things to say. And really the first time I met the the co-owners of Single Story, you know, I felt at ease and felt like they were there to really meet us where we are um, and take us as far as we could go. So it was exciting to bring on a third party, you know, have that objective perspective um, and just lead us through this important work. You know, you mentioned SEED. A lot of people may not know what that means. So SEED stands for Seeking Educational Equity and Diversity. Um, and I, too, uh, have been a part of that SEED group now. This is the second year uh, that we've been working together. And I just, you know, I have to just say that um, I have learned so much, you know, about myself and, um, you know, kind of the feelings that I have and the views that I have acquired over my lifetime um, and it really helps when you can start with yourself um, where you've come from what you know to be true what you what you recognize uh, be able to talk about it in our seed group I mean I think that's a huge piece there are only six of us in the the current seed group um, but it's amazing the dialogue we can have about these important topics so single story has been amazing and directing us through this journey Right, and then we get to be little seedlings, and we get to, you know, go out and talk to other people about it, what we've been learning. Um, they never want us to just keep it to ourselves, just the information we share in the group about each other we keep in our group, but then what we've learned overall, we're supposed to be seeds and, and plant those seeds with other people. You know, I always felt like, um, you know, when you look at our mission, um, you know, we say we're a, we're a community where our students are challenged, known, valued, and inspired to be their best self. And uh, the most important part of that for me has always been that known and valued piece. And, and I feel like we do a great job, but one of the things that we've learned to do is just um, really look at that even deeper and say, you know, a specific way to be inclusive, to make sure people are known and valued is something as simple as just saying someone's name correctly. You know, that was kind of a starting point for us. We found out that there were families within our community that we just were mispronouncing their names and we didn't even know it. Uh, no one had corrected us and we hadn't asked those questions. And what a huge thing, part of SEED is, is even talking about your own name and and what that means to you and uh you know your name is such an important thing so um so that's a, a specific example of kind of how we've tied our um our mission into just something very specific that we've learned and i think it's easy to describe what's what this is not mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe the more so than what it is i mean it is a personal journey um it is not this is how you must fix and teach your curriculum. This is, um, you are not doing this the right way. It, it's very um, investigational and self-discovery type learning. Um, I have felt no threats at all about doing something wrong. Um, our leader constantly says, no shame, no blame, no guilt. Um, we are who we are, and we should embrace that and love that and take time to do the same toward others in our educational setting. And I think that's the, the biggest shift in, in myself and my thinking is, you know, am I doing enough, enough of that with my students and my teachers to 
let them really express to me who they are and feel comfortable and safe in their own skin um, every day under this roof. Yeah, and you know, I have not been able to be on seed yet. Um, not by choice. Well, kind of by choice. I'm in a situation, I've got little ones at home. <laughs> so I really want to make the commitment for next year. But what I've seen from you guys these past few years being involved in that is just your excitement. Like when you guys have a meeting together, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to do it tonight. Like it just really like just seeing your excitement for it and just hearing the atmosphere of Seed. Like you said, it's a place where there's no wrong answers. Everybody's just sharing. You don't have to feel like you're walking on eggshells. Get it out there. Be open-minded and learn. And I think that's huge. Well said, Tim. Well said. Yeah. And, you know, we also have learned, you know, it is an individual journey for everyone. I even have learned um, when we're planning things on the calendar for next year to be mindful of important holidays and important events for some of our families at Oak Hill and to be mindful and not plan Oak Hill events on those days. Well, I can I can just say, and I know we're getting ready to talk to Elena, um, but I think just what she, you're going to hear from her in a second, but what she's brought to us is just that ability to um, have the dialogue in a safe space and mm-hmm. um, and really ask the questions that we may be thinking, but maybe we're too worried or scared to ask and we don't want to sound like we don't know what we're doing. Um, and I think being vulnerable is a huge part of, of this process. So, uh, so we're excited to talk more with her. Yeah, so let's get her on here. So Elena Holsey um, is our fearless leader. She has become more than just um, a facilitator. She's become a friend, um, a trusted guide, someone that inspires me and I know the others. And I just so feel so blessed to have her in my life. Um because she's really truly special. And so here she is, Elaine Holsey, to share a little bit about her work. Hello. Elena, it's so good to hear your voice. That was so sweet, Amy. Well, you know, that's how I feel. <laughs> well, tell you, um, and, and I, I share the same sentiment. So thank you. Um, you all are all so special, and it has been such a pleasure and um fun fact and that is uh you were my first seed group when i hired on to single story so uh, that just makes it even more special for me (laughs) well that's awesome um so we'd love if you could introduce yourself and share your background where you grew up talk about your family how you got into education and what made you get involved in single story Okay. Wow. Okay. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> Your grandson so, better make it in there. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's cool. I see him in three weeks, by the way. Um, but um, so thank you so much again for having me on, on this podcast. Um, I am truly grateful. And, um, and, and again, any opportunity I have to connect with you is always a special time. But um, again, I am Elena Holzee and I am a native Detroiter born and raised. Um, I received my education actually in Michigan. I didn't leave Michigan. I uh, did my undergrad at Oakland University, and uh, that is a a suburb about 45 minutes uh, north of Detroit. And then I did my graduate work at Grand Valley State uh, University. 
after receiving my bachelor's, um, I got into education via a non-traditional route. Um, because after receiving my bachelor's, which, by the way, was in human resources, <laughs> I married young. I, I got married soon after I graduated and started my family. In fact, um, I'm the proud mom of four girls. I had four children by the time I was 31. Yeah. And so they were my life. And that's what I really committed. Um, my They were my world. Um, and I committed my life to them early on. So I say that to say my career was delayed. Um, because I was fortunate in that I was able to stay home with my children and raise them until they got um, about school age. Um, and I, ha- I have a wonderful husband that just celebrated our 29th wedding anniversary last weekend. And I am an empty nester, which is awesome. And, uh, and yes, and I do have a grandson, by the way. I do have a, gr- uh, a, a dog daughter named Bean and so she takes up all the time now when I'm when I'm home uh, so yeah so it, it's great um, but I'll talk about how I started um, after I when I decided to go back to work my, my children were school age and I was afforded an opportunity to work part-time at an independent school and I worked three days a week and I and I kid you not When I was hired at the school, my whole goal was not to work hard. I just wanted to go to work and come home and take care of my kids. Sounds like Amy Ganadin. That's how she started here. (laughs) She started with a half day. She was only a half day, though, and she definitely didn't work very hard. But anyway, we'll move on. No, it's so true. I just wanted to go to work. So I was the registrar at this independent school. It's a a K-12 independent school. So I started there three times as th- three times a week as their registrar. But let me tell you, I was there 12 years, promoted three times. Um, by the time I left the school, I was the director of scholarship and financial aid. So when I left the school, I was, uh, oh, let me say this. All of my children had the opportunity to attend there. So, um, so I basically went to school with my children and came home with my children every day. And when I left uh, the, the school, I went because I was recruited to open a charter school in the city of Detroit. And although I was I was fearful to do this, it was such an amazing um, chal- opportunity and challenge that I, that I accepted the challenge, became the director of operations, managing all aspects of the school from operations and students and teacher support. It was there. And of course, the independent school where um, I, my passion for education was ignited and I continued my education and went on to graduate school um, and, and, and obtained my master in education. From there, my career just took off and I was hired as an assistant principal of an alternative school. Soon after that, I was promoted to be the principal. And now I'm not at that school currently, but currently I am a principal of a, of a high school, nine through twelve now. So yeah, you've done a little, you've done a little bit of everything. Then that's awesome. I do, I do. Ask now, how did I get involved in single story? Well, about twelve years ago, while at that independent school, by the way, 
I was fortunate enough to be supported by an amazing head of school, just like you, Suzanne. Suzanne. He was awesome. And his focus was on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so he supported a team of us, a team of four, to become trained seed facilitators. So we were sent off to San El Selmo, California, and we were trained under Peggy McIntosh, who is the co-founder of the National Seed Project. So we came back after being trained and becoming certified seed facilitators and began training um, and conducting seminars at the independent school. Um, And so it became part of what we did, um, even part of my job, to train parents and train staff. So just like we're going through the training with you and your um, and parents, we were doing that. Um, and we would run two sessions uh, for parents and for staff. And we would we would train uh, every year. And in fact, the school still has these trainings. Uh, it became part of uh, the expectation that when you were when you were hired into the school, you would you would participate in a seed group when you uh, when you hired in. After leaving the school, I still continued to train groups using the seed model. Um, so I be, so I began training um, parishioners, uh, pastors of churches, and um, other groups, whoever needed my services. I got involved with single story because of a small world. This is a small world, and Detroit is actually very small. I met both Brian and Kelly, who are the founders, several years ago and discovered we knew a lot of the same people. In fact, Kelly's sister attended the independent school that I worked with and actually knows my daughter. And then at one point, Brian worked at that independent school after I had left. So it was just a small world. And so they knew that I was trained under the National Seed Project. And when and COVID, of course, opened up more opportunities in the virtual world um, in that uh, we were able to conduct uh, meetings and training virtually. So as their company increased their demand, they needed additional facilitators. And I joined the team uh, two years ago. And it's been amazing because I've been meeting people all over the state. Um, in the comfort of my home office and the connections which people have um, who are open and eager to learn and trust the process has been amazing. Um, I've created relationships such as the Oak Hill team and, and, and that I call my seedlings. And it's just been, uh, it's been a beautiful thing to be a part of their interpersonal journey of discovering uh, themselves through windows and mirrors and to learn from one another. You know, um, as I listen to you, one of the things that prior to um, being a part of the seed group, I would have said, let's do DEI, you know, let's get it done. Let's go through uh, DEI work, check it off the list. Um, And, you know, even right now, we've only had, I think we have another seed group going through right now. So let's just say we have about 15 uh, faculty, staff, and board members who have who are going through or have gone through SEED. One of the things that will be said is, well, I'm just going to get some multicultural books and I'm going to put in the classroom, and then we've we really uh, you know kind of done this DEI work. You know, what is your response to that? I mean, we know there's so much more to it, but you know, what do we what do we do next when someone says, oh, let, you know, multicultural books will will make the DEI work come to life? Where do we go from mm-hmm. there? Yeah, 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 because that's exactly what SEED is not. SEED is not a diversity training. 
And to your point, uh, just to check a box or to just get multicultural books is, is, is not the best way to approach uh, this type of work. The key really to this work is listening, listening to other people's experiences and not only listening, but believing, believing what people have gone through. And again, it, it goes back to um, my view on education. So my view on education is this. You can't lump all students in a box, right? You know, all students do not learn the same way. And, and, and this is totally my opinion, so, um, so I don't want any backlash. But I feel like our educational system is flawed. Because oftentimes we're trying to lump every, every kiddo in a box. And we all learn so differently. And we have to meet kiddos where they are. The same way with, D, with DEI work, uh, particularly speed. We have to meet individuals where they are. And, um, because, and, and, and appreciate and understand that we are not all the same. And that's okay. It's okay not to be the same. There's differences. And that is what is so beautiful about diversity. We look different. We think different. We act different. We have different beliefs. How boring of this uh, would this country be if we were all the same? So, again, I go back to instead of checking a box, take the time to listen to one another. Take the time to appreciate those differences and then validate uh, when someone is sharing their truth. Thanks for that. Yeah, that was well said. Um, I was thinking when you were talking about differences, we do have two people on our staff that are specifically helping us with that. Ms. Zimmerman and Mrs. Pavlison do help our students reach their potential um, specifically with their learning differences. Um, so that that's just one way that, you know, that we uh, are participating in DEI. We are participating in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, I think my favorite thing that you say in our group is no shame, no blame, no guilt. That's my favorite thing because it just allows you freedom to ask questions, to it's okay that you have biases. You grew up a certain way and you have biases and it's okay to acknowledge those and acknowledge those and others and then just be able to ask those questions. Is that something you came up with or is that something that's part of the program? No, so that is that, that quote or that slogan, I'll say, no blame, no shame, no guilt, that was actually initiated from the National Speed Project. Um, again, Peggy McIntosh, and you've learned about Peggy McIntosh, who... Um, is she? She is a white ally, in fact, and her and her team coined that 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 slogan. Yeah, but yes, but to your point about no shame, no blame, no guilt. Um, doing this work is not about blame, not about blame at all. It's just about acknowledging that we do have a race problem in this country. We do. It, I mean, it, it is what it is. We have a race problem. Um, however. Uh, we can all work together in community if, again, we take the time to learn and appreciate and validate those differences so that we, so that we can help change the landscape that we're living in today. Well, she always says, sorry, you always say, when you know better, you do better. And then, you know, we talk yeah. about that a lot. The more we know, the better yeah. we can do. We all make mistakes. When you know when you when you know better, you do better, right? 
no shame, no blame, no guilt. If you didn't know, now let me explain to you why that might not have been, why someone would be offended by that statement. Why that is looked upon in a disparaging way. Because this is not about attack. This is about learning. And this is about learning. And this is about growing. And then it's about changing. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's... And that's exactly what our Ex- job yeah. is here in schools. <laughs> I, <laughs> exactly. I, that's the similar approach that I take with kids when they, you know, um, have their, I call them TTIs, temporary mm-hmm. teenage insanity moments. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's just how they leave the office and what they do with the information is much more mm-hmm. going to define their character than what brought them in. So. Um, you you learn you do better you learn and you do better so those like we I'm lucky that I'm part of a an institution that finds this to be important work and you know we've we've committed to single story but for parents out there what 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 advice would you give them um to kind of help open their minds and their the minds of their children um if they you know, don't have, you know, direct opportunity to um, a seed group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say for parents, for all parents um, is, well, let me just start with this. What I say for allies, um, I would say model. Modeling is so key. What do I mean by that? What are the dinner table conversations? What are, what are you talking about? Because as we know, our young people are like sponges and they listen and they watch everything we do. When there's talk at the dinner table about diversity, is it uplifting or is it disparaging or is it negative? Because diversity, it should not be a negative topic. It should be a celebrated topic. Um, I'll tell you something that really warmed my heart a few weeks ago. Um, now, we know that February today is the last day of the Black History Month. And um, and although Black history is American history and should not be limited to one month, but since it is, I'll, I'll celebrate that and acknowledge all the amazing achievements uh, that Black icons have made in, the, in our country. But I was in Target, and Target has an incredible Black history display. And, um, and I had purchased some items put it in my cart and I kind of was in another area and watched families coming in and, and particularly families that were not families of color, right? Not black families, white families, other ethnicities, but not black families. And I was watching them um, go to the display and it just warmed my heart when I would see parents talking to their children about what it was they were seeing. And I, and I actually got misty-eyed. I had to make a phone call because I was so encouraged to see that Black History Month, Month was being celebrated by other people other than people of color. And so I say um, we should be using those opportunities to teach. We should be using those opportunities to model um, and so that we can show our, 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 our young people uh, the importance of diversity, why diversity should be celebrated and appreciated so that there is, you know, no misunderstanding. 
as they grow up. So that is it. Yep. (laughs) It's those windows and mirrors that you talk about, right? Yeah. It's those windows and mirrors. And, you know, we need the ability to look through window frames in order to see the realities of others and into mirrors in order to see your own reality reflected. Well, and the one thing, you know, that, I mean, all of us can agree upon in this room and on this call is, you know, whether it's at Oak Hill or any school, our job should be to make everyone feel safe and mm-hmm. welcomed and invited into into our environment. And that's, that's really all we're trying to do. You know, um, that's what this work is about, um, understanding one another. And like you said, meeting everyone where they are. So we sure appreciate your time here today, Elena, and we always look forward to talking with you. Um, and we're grateful that you were our first leader. And gosh, you should be so grateful we were yours, right? Damn, <laughs> more than you know, more than you know, you are out of school. And I tell everybody, I, I, we talk about actually Oak Hill a lot in our, in our team meetings. <laughs> Gold stars, yeah. right? Gold stars. <laughs> well, you inspire me for sure, Elena. Yes. yes. We're better because of you. And I, I'm excited to work with you guys next year. Yeah, too, you get so Tim next year. Get I'm, ready. I'm excited. I'm sorry Yay. about that. <laughs> You'll like him. He's a good guy. Awesome. Yeah. We need, listen, we need men, we need your voice at the table, Tim. We need that man voice, so we definitely need you. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to go through the process and continue to learn more about myself, too. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, you guys. Uh, totally my pleasure and honor to be a part of this talk, and, uh, and, and I hope you all have a great rest of your week. Thank you, thank Elaine. Thank you. Elaine. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's all for today's episode of Talking Heads. Uh, I sure enjoyed today. I hope you did as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Elena Holsey for joining us today and sharing all of that great information regarding DEI, really helping us create that inclusive environment. Join us again next month as we discuss drugs and alcohol with Youth with Vision. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't looked into the upcoming auction events, please do so. You won't want to miss. See you guys. Bye. See ya. Bye.